and welcome to On Focus, brought to you by the Focal Therapy Clinic, where we connect you with issues facing men diagnosed with prostate cancer that are little known, less understood, often avoided, or even ignored. Prostate cancer is the most commonly diagnosed cancer amongst men in the UK, and with this somber fact comes a multitude of challenges and opportunities. I'm Claire Delmar. Joining me today is Alan Doherty, Clinical Director at the Birmingham Prostate Clinic, and recently voted one of the UK's top 10 prostate cancer specialists in a national poll of consultant urologists published in the Daily Mail. Alan has been an innovator, advocate, and dedicated practitioner of precision treatments for prostate cancer. And he joined the Focal Therapy Clinic last year to develop his expertise in delivering focal therapy. Having now treated a large cohort of patients with focal therapy following the clinic's rigorous MDT review, he's even more positive now about the approach that he's ever been. And he joins me today to discuss how this experience makes him optimistic about the future of focal therapy and most importantly, the future for men diagnosed with localized prostate cancer. Alan, thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, Claire. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, and, you know, I'm always impressed whenever we chat how, how positive you are, which is why I thought this would be a great theme to um, to sort of, you know, set the stage. We're halfway through the year. It'd be a really good, good way to get you talking about what you've observed, you know, from from treating your patients. And I guess that the first thing I want to ask you is, is what kind of cases have you seen? Um, well, certainly in the last year since you've joined the clinic and even more recently, that gives you cause for optimism. I suppose I'd answer that by saying I've been surprised by the enthusiasm of so many patients uh, to have focal therapy. And some, of course, are more suitable for it than others. And in a way, how often patients, even if you don't think they're particularly suited for focal high food, they often still want it. So it's a difficult balancing act from our end to uh, offer treatments which we think are perfect for them versus patients who have a strong view as to what they want and not necessarily listening to us as clinicians. And I can understand why, because they're getting so many different opinions from everywhere. So that's the first thing I'd say. I think the second thing I'd say is that I've been so impressed by the way the focal therapy clinic are able to assess a patient so that when we are recommending a focal therapy, you can really have confidence that this is the right thing to do. And the reason I say that is because a lot of focal therapy, and in fact, management of prostate cancer in general is early prostate cancer is, is very much dominated by good quality MRI scanning. Mm -hmm. and, within our, and within our group, we, we're able to do that so well. Um, and that gives me confidence that, that when I recommend focal therapy, that this is the right thing for me to be to be doing for a patient. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's interesting you say about um you know, the, the, the clinic having, bringing you patients that are, that are so enthusiastic. And I think that has to do with our approach to, um, you know, what we call patient advocacy, you know, the, the, the first port of call for many patients as our wonderful patient advocacy team. So they actually begin to understand, you know, each prospective patient's kind of hopes and dreams, as it were, you know, and what their lifestyles are like. So I think that adds into the mix. But of course, the other thing, you know, when you referenced MRIs, we do an extremely rigorous MDT. H how do you think that, MDT has, has impacted your views on the future of focal therapy? Well, there are, again, probably two aspects. There. One is I share ideas with my uh, clinical colleagues who are treating prostate cancer day in, day out. And it's always good to share an idea, to, to, to have it critically assessed. And, uh, and then the second thing is the a way that we can look at an MRI scan in a live setting uh, and everyone sort of picks up slightly different things about that MRI scan and what it all means. Um, and I, I think out of all the MDTs 
that I do. And I, you can imagine we, we do a lot of MDTs. This particular one is the most uh, influential. It's the, it's the one where I learn the most. Um, and it's the one that I really don't want to miss because it's, uh, it's, it's the one which I can feed back to patients with sort of better information than I can from, from just myself uh, thinking about the case. Mm, and, and do you think that the, the quality is, you know, continually improving as well so that you can really deliver optimal care for your patients? Uh, oh, oh, most, most definitely. I think there's something else I'd like to say about the, the focal therapy, what I've learned about it in the last year is that it, it virtually transforms the reasons why for screening for prostate cancer is a good idea. In other words, if you're going to find a cancer early, you have to have a treatment that is effective, but also doesn't cause many side effects. And it's this concept of over-treatment, which is inherent in the screening of any condition, because if you pick something up early, you don't know whether it's going to be a problem in the future. But if the treatments you're offering for early treatments are associated with a lot of side effects, then the argument for, for a screening program don't really stack up. But if you have a treatment with very low side effect profile, which can be delivered accurately like we can in our focal therapy clinic, um, it really does give, give a strong rationale for screening. And that's the mm. first time I think I've ever been able to stand up in front of a, a lot of doctors and say, well, I think it makes sense to find this early because we can treat it, even if it doesn't turn into a problem in the future, mm. um, without many side effects. So why wouldn't you do that? You know, mm. so, so, so it, the more you understand about how we're treating these cases, the more you can see why there's benefit and, and, and very little harm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And of course, you know, a, a, lot, a lot of that is is driven by the evidence base that's continually being generated. I mean, even this year, there have been a couple of um, studies that have been published about men undergoing focal therapy that have been really positive. And do, do you think those, um, given what you've just said, will, will drive its adoption and availability more widely? Oh, I, oh, most definitely. I think one of the troubles with any treatment is you've got to I suppose compare a a apples with apples and you know oranges with oranges because when you do something properly, as I think we are in the focal therapy clinic because we're doing it in this multidisciplinary meeting and we're doing it with very high quality MRI scan, our results are going to be a lot better than if you just do it in a sort of happy-go-lucky type of approach. And so I think if a study is showing benefit when it's not just done by one dedicated group, but it's done by a whole um, heterogeneic group of people. And, you know, you, you've got to say that the likely outcomes are even better than the studies are showing. Hmm. That's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing to realise, and again, something else I've noticed with, with in my last year is that often patients will be prepared to have the main lesion treated with focal therapy and just monitor a smaller lesion on the other side. Um, now that's an interesting situation to be in because, you know, if, if you if you define an outcome by the need for another treatment, well, that particular group are a high, what a high risk group because we know that we're leaving a tiny amount of cancer there and that's that's possibly going to get worse in the future. Mm -hmm. But be prepared to do that because they, they have, they're confident that we're going to monitor them closely and if necessary, treat them again with a game with a minimal morbidity. And, and so I think when you're doing studies, it's really hard to compare apples with apples because mm. you, you generally have groups of patients who are very diverse and clinicians that are diverse and you're getting sort of quite a few various, but the point I'm making is if you are showing benefit with that diverse group, then you can imagine how much 
better it's going to be for the very select group when the treatment's done properly. Yeah, again, very interesting way of looking at it because, you know, we're always wondering how and when focal therapy will kind of, you know, go mainstream, so to speak. And, you know, I was going to ask you, do you see focal therapy playing a more significant role in educating men about their treatment options for prostate cancer? Or I guess, in other words, do you think the urology community is developing more of a literacy around it and adding it to active surveillance, hormone therapy, radical prostatectomy, radiotherapy in the treatment portfolio? I think what focal therapy does is make you realize how important an MRI, a good MRI scan is because a good MRI scan and good interpretation of that MRI scan by a, by a very experienced radiologist. What that does is it allows you to do the focal therapy, but, but, but if you go one step back, it means that you're not going to biopsy patients who have a normal MRI scan. If you, in other words, if you're confident in your MRI scan, mm-hmm. you're going to really reduce the number of biopsies you are. So, it's, it's, so it'll stop people being scared of having a PSA because traditionally, if you had a PSA blood test and it was a little bit abnormal, you end up, you'd end up having a biopsy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Now you see. So what I'm saying is, uh, I suppose when you are offering focal therapy, you're the type of clinician that's not going to be biopsying people just because the PSA is slightly elevated. You're going to be looking for early, significant lesions that you can see. Mm-hmm. You know, focal therapy is all about seeing the lesion, hoping that it's only in a focal area, and mm-hmm. then treating it accordingly. Um, and and you have to pick it up early so that you can get uh, you know good outcomes from it. And, uh, and I think that's where it's going, that the focal therapy is a natural consequence of a high quality MRI s- service. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree that's going to be hard to do because, you know, it, you, yeah, it's a difficult one to do that one. But with time, um, you know, it's relatively new that, that, that MRI scans become a dominant feature mm-hmm. in, uh, in prostate cancer management. And you can imagine, therefore, that if something's new, it's going to take time to really develop. You're going to have certain pockets of excellence and you're going to have people catching up with that. And then you're going to have certain pockets where they need to pull their socks up a bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, picking up on your point about, you know, doing no harm and the benefit of early screening, I- I've heard you say in the past that, you know, now that you do have this, um, you know, highly precise MRI, which is only getting better and better, um, you know, if, if, you, if you can see these cancers um, and you can define their severity, their location, their size, is it better to treat it than, for example, to do nothing? And is that the the role of focal therapy? Is that how you see it? That's exactly how I see it, because, you know, maybe you were over treating people, Mm. um, but that goes for all screening programs. And the the trick is to over treat someone and not. Sorry, the trick is to try and avoid over treating. But if you are going to treat, don't give them don't give them side effects. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I guess on that point, you know, that that's. That's really you know, good news that, you know, often doesn't translate down to the patient level because they often sort of undergo an, yes. MR, an MRI scan, for example, without, you know, fully understanding the, the significance. I mean, they might know that it's it's obviously going to aid in their, uh, well, as you say, whether or not they need a biopsy or not, but then later on, you know, some form of diagnosis. But I guess connecting that to they might be able to have less radical treatment because this, this new method allows that is probably something that needs to be educated. And I think the you know one of the last things to just mention is that you know people who do focal therapy probably are best as clinicians who who don't just do focal therapy do a number of different treatments because you know every treatment has its limitation and and of course the more, the more you do it the more you 
understand those limitations and the better able you are to advise a patient as to what's best for them because it's not necessarily just the short-term outcomes that matter it's also the long-term outcomes so you know it's quite a complex area but you know a good clinician should be able to explain the issues Um, and every patient is different and has a different personality and Mm -hmm. has a different value system so it's quite fun being a clinician in this day and age because you know, we've got so many different ways to treat people mm-hmm. increasingly without making them miserable and just giving them benefit. <laughs> yeah. And so much more information on, you know, which to make those decisions and have those conversations. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I guess as a final question, what are the reasons to be cheerful if you're a man over 40, 50 and you're faced with the fact that, oh, I've got to go get a PSA test. And, and you know, this for some men, this actually, you know, makes them quite hesitant, even reticent about getting one. But, you know, from what you're saying, there's there's early screening can lead to. Well, you tell me, what are the reasons to be cheerful if you're a man over 50? Well, I, I think that if somebody was to encourage a patient to have a PSA blood test, they should be confident that we're only going to pick up a significant cancer uh, that's going to be seen. In other words, if the MRI scan is normal, we, we don't biopsy. And then if we do see something, we're going to pick it up early enough that we can affect the natural history. In other words, that we can... Um, make a difference and, and stop you having to have treatments in the future that have a lot of side effects. And even better than that, possibly even stop you dying from it. Well, of um, course. Yeah. But, but it, you know, it's not just about living and dying. You, you know, it, it, it's, I often say to patients that it's not just about uh, being alive. You know, you've got to live. You got to, you know, it's, it's that combination of, of quality of life and quantity of life. And so I think, that, you know, the reason to be confident is, is and, and positive about the future is that, high quality MRI scan and a focal therapy just allows you to pick up and treat early tumors before they are really dangerous. And that's got to be what screening is all about. Mm. Well, on that note, I'm going to say um, thank you so much for sharing your optimism and, and giving us some really useful pieces of information about how some of this diagnostic information is really transforming what you can offer patients and, and you know how they're going to recover. Pleasure. And, I, and I, I'm so glad you do these to share information with people because, you know, it, 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 there is so much out there now and uh, it's confusing to patients. As mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Well, it's yeah. great that you can actually help make it um, a lot more, not simplistic, but a lot more yeah. easy to digest. And, and as you say, you know, a reason to be cheerful. So so thanks again for coming, Alan. Thank you, Claire. Further information on Alan and his clinical practice is available on our website, along with the transcript of this interview and additional interviews and stories about living with prostate cancer. Please visit www.thefocaltherapyclinic.co.uk and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Focal Therapy Clinic. Thanks for listening. And for me, Claire Delmar, see you next time.